Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast here on a Tuesday. Coming off the uh, holiday weekend, getting a nice couple days off. Don't know about you guys. It was a great reset for me. Also, we were just saying, we've got some illness going through the DNVR Avalanche fam. If uh, If we were having to go yesterday, we may have been a little bit more short, but... We are down Rudo today still, sidelined with a non-COVID-related illness. My voice still working on creeping its way back in. So I am going to be giving floor to my good friend AJ Hayfley and Megan Angley a lot today. But I'm your host for the day, Jesse Montano. We are here to talk free agents free agents that are going, free agents that are staying, all with the abs until we start excuse me, as we start building out closer and closer to July 15th. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about who maybe the abs could bring in, but we're going to spend today focusing on their own free agents and what they're going to do, what we think the plan should be. Uh, We were joking because AJ did a piece on this very thing. Uh, Some technical difficulties have kept it from going up quite yet, but it actually sounds like it's a good thing. It didn't Uh, AJ Mayan. Andrew Cogliano re-signs one year, 1.25 to stay with the Avalanche. Uh, AJ, I'll start with you because it sounds like maybe we're going to have to make some edits to the piece that went up. Yeah, I mean, I'll just basically remove him (laughs) from it. Um, No, I um, look, Andrew Cogliano was great in the run. um, And I I really, I I did have written in there uh, that, if they did bring him back on a cheap one-year deal, cool. Like I, I wouldn't have a, a strong objection there. And you know, you know that he worked out. You know he was well liked. It was a really good fit. Blah 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 blah. Like it, it, it's an easy thing to say yes to. Um, at his age, you do wonder when do the wheels start to go a little bit mm-hmm. because his skating has been such an important element. Uh, his entire career, but at 35, uh, and given what you saw in the postseason from him, you're like, well, unless the skating goes in the next six months, uh, you feel pretty good bringing him back. Um, so I'm, you know, that's it's fine. I will, I will say, 1.25 is a little expensive um, for for a guy that's really limited. Um, you love the leadership of it, but. The Avs are in the position right now where they every, like every dollar matters. Yeah. Every guy that they can get to take 200k off their deal, every guy that they can get to take 100k off their deal is it, it adds up. You know, because they're going to be pushing, they're going to be pushing that salary cap line again, and you know, getting getting him for a million or for 900k would have really been. Um, a much, I, I think a, a, a bigger win here, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to nitpick it too hard, but these are the little things that the Avs have done over the last few years where they've been willing to go that little extra for guys they really like, and especially their depth guys. Yeah. They've been willing to pay a little bit extra money uh, for those, for, for those dudes that they, they just, Hey, we love this guy. We think he's a great fit. We want to keep making this work. 
So I, I think you made a good point there. <clears throat> you know, talking about guys they like, because that was a, the part I wanted to go to next. And Megan, you actually brought this up as we were getting ready to get the show started. Do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Megan, are they maybe willing to go a little bit extra on this guy because he was such a good fit? Forget what he did on the ice. How about what he did in the locker room and just the way he kind of fit into this group right away? I think that's definitely a part of it. And with OC staying here for the foreseeable future as well, this keeps some of that fourth line that works so well together intact, even if there are some personal changes. For example, maybe Darren Helm is the equation that is removed to make Cogliano possible for next year. It'll at least keep some of what made that fourth line so great intact for next year, especially with respect to the penalty kill with OC and Cogliano both returning. So I think that a lot of this was how much he worked well with that fourth line specifically as well. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I mean, that fourth line was so good. He, you know, we, we told the story here on the pod a couple of weeks ago about how Andrew Cogliano called a meeting the night before game six. He didn't, you know, wasn't that he spoke up at Gabe Landeskog's meeting or anything. Nope. He called the meeting. He got the group together. Uh, Eric Johnson said that what he said brought tears to the eyes of some of his teammates. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be, you know, upset about this one. To AJ's point, maybe a little bit more rich, a little bit more rich than than you would have liked. Um, but just such a great fit. And also, how do you not love the way this guy battles back? What has finger surgery and plays six, seven days later? Um, and 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 I mean, wasn't tentative. Didn't take his foot off the gas at all. He was right back in full go. Um, I think it's a great fit. And like you said, AJ, at this price. Yeah. Um, gonna, gonna be hard to find anyone who's going to be complaining about this one. Good for Andrew Cogliano. He really seemed to like it here. Uh, his wife was great with us. Um, you know, uh, the media and, and talking to everybody, super <clears throat> nice people, great family. Uh, happy to see them sticking around anybody else or any, any other thoughts, anybody, else? anybody Bueller, Bueller, uh, either of you guys, any other thoughts on, uh, on Cogliano? Just that uh, the bottom six already has quietly kind of been pe- getting pieced together here. Um, you know, O'Connor is obviously coming back. Newhook is still here. Uh, and I think you'd be crazy to think that Alex Newhook is getting a top six job after his postseason usage. So, um, at least not out of the gates. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a yeah. whole year for him to take that job. But, uh, you, JT Comfer, obviously still hanging around. Ben Myers is going to be on the team. Uh, so you're talking, you've got, you've got a healthy chunk of your bottom six really ready to go as it is. And that doesn't include any potential graduation uh of of the eagles or any any prospects any i mean that we, we forget they signed lucas sedlak in the middle of their in the middle yeah. of their cup run that guy that guy could be involved for all we know so uh it's uh it's uh, i just think it's interesting like quietly and then abe kubala is an rfa all they have to do is give that guy a qualifying offer and they're done yeah, I can't imagine that he uh, he's in a hurry to go anywhere, uh, Abe Kubel. He really seems to like it here. Gave him a second chance. Got engaged yesterday, so shout out oh. to uh, shout out to Knack. I'm That's I'm awesome. ex- excited for Maddie to become Queen Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. What she's a great great follow on Twitter, dude. Great she's a great follow on all social media. She's she Queen kills it. Garbage. Their uh, their Instagram caption game was great. Go check out both of their uh, engagement posts yesterday. Both of them just nails on the caption. Yeah. Um, good for Cogliano. I like this fit for the Avs. Uh, 1.25. Uh, you'll live with it. And uh, Ben Myers is a name that I think we'll probably get into a little bit more this week over the next two yeah. weeks. Um, we'll play a Don't bigger forget role. he's on the team, guys. Right. He's going to be on the Avs next year. That guy's not messing with out. the Eagles. We would remember. Yeah, if our pieces went out the way they're supposed to. <laughs> it's true because Ben Myers was a big part of both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, Andrew Cogliano, that bit of business is done. Let's move on to um, <clears throat> the guys who aren't done yet. We're going to start with kind of what uh, we are referring to as the big three. You'll hear us talk about them over the next week or so. Uh, what? Eight days? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's like, 
It is. It is eight ten, and, and like we're hope like we're hoping that a couple of these guys are back, and that we don't have to talk about it for eight days. Right. Um, um, I have I a feeling. I couple... swear to God, man, if I have to talk about Mark Andre Fleury again, <laughs> if they make me do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna use one of Megan's knives, and I'm cutting them. <laughs> yeah, and we're and we're hitting the streets. Uh, so let's start with the guy who we think. I I don't want to say we think is likely gone, but of these three has the highest probability of, of not returning. I don't want to write it off yet for sure. Um, because I, you know, there's some chatter out there that it's possible, but I think we all pretty much agree with that look that AJ just gave. This has the slimmest chance. Nazem Kadri. Uh, I'm just going to kind of set the stage here. Then I'll let you guys both just go. Look, we've heard that he likes it here. His family loves it here. Um, he has really embraced the fan base in the way that he kind of feels they embrace them. Felt like he got kind of run out of Toronto after some of the suspensions. Never felt that way here. But the dude had a phenomenal season wire to wire. Um, AJ, you're going to get into some of his overall point totals. The dude's going to get paid. He got his ring. Now he's going to try to set himself up. Um, I think it's possible the Avs have something that could keep him around. But we're expecting him to go somewhere else on a big ticket. AJ, we'll start with you. Thoughts on Nazem Kadri? So I went, uh, I went, <coughs> I went and did the math, and I looked at it. And regular season and postseason combined, Nazem Kadri has 102 points. Uh, regular season and postseason combined, Nathan McKinnon, 112 points. Both of those guys, I think, are going to sign new contracts in the next two weeks, and both of them are going to get absolutely paid. Yeah. And. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's important to note that Nazem Kadri had, like, the mother of all career years. <laughs> like, he had, like, the career year, like, the, the contract year to end all contract years. Like, any time that you've had a nice, long, established career and you get into your 30s and you've been good value on your deal, uh, and then... <laughs> You get to you get to, to to break out and outscore everything that you've ever done at the NHL level by a lot. Uh, then I think that uh, you know it sets you up nicely for for free agency. So Paul Stasny used to be the king of career days or career years. Yeah, that's why he kept signing short contracts. Yeah. <laughs> um. So with with Kadri, it's you're you're really like. Uh, the path to keeping him in Denver is the Avalanche give him term. Yeah, you know they they Kadri gives AAV for a term because he's in his thirties and no matter where he's going, he's going to get five, six, seven years. He's going to get that no matter what, right? But if you if if the Avalanche are willing to give him five years, I think it opens the door to keeping him. Now you have to deal with whatever aging happens at that point, right? It's uh, him, him, he's already 31. He'll be 32 uh, at the start of next season. It'll be his age 32 season. So you're talking about getting into all of his decline. Um, the weird thing with Kadri is, is that uh, all of his underlying numbers like normally career years. Like if you look at Valerie Natushkin, Val Natushkin has every red flag ever for a guy that could be a huge free agent bust going somewhere else. You know, the the one big season, one big statistical season that really stands out, uh, driven by a lot of percentages, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Now I'm a I'm a believer that Nuke is gonna be the real deal, especially if he stays. He's such a good like, year. There's there are things about his profile that you look at if you're another team and you're like, ooh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna be careful with this. With Kadri, there's no weird like shooting percentage spike. Right. There's no weird like on ice shooting percentage. There's nothing there's nothing about his game where you're like, this explains it. He just had an insane season on a great team. I think a team that we're gonna look back and say an all time great team. Yeah. And he was just he was just a monster. He was the best. He was the absolute best version of himself. This is what Brian Burke thought he was getting when he drafted Nazem Kadri seventh overall. 
he got he got the high end. We 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 saw the high end skill. We saw the uh we saw we saw the physicality. We saw the disruptiveness. We saw some two way play. You know, we won a lot of face offs. Like he did so many things for the Avs this year, and he just kept that engine humming. I mean, they were they were awesome. They were awesome, mm-hmm. and Nazem Kadri, like it. There isn't anything digging into his career, digging into his numbers, anything that that says this is a giant red flag. Other than the obvious, he's thirty-one and just dropped an eighty-point season out of nowhere when he had only broken the sixty-point barrier once in his yeah. NHL career. So you you do wonder like how much of that is the fact that we saw more point per game guys than in recent NHL history this year. We saw lots and lots. I mean, Kevin Fiala had an 85 point season, just got traded, right? Like we saw more of that this year than we normally do. Was Kadri a product of that? Um, you know, obviously in some in some way, but. I mean, Chris Kreider scored 50 goals. This is what I'm saying. Like this was a year for a lot of like, guys to put up some crazy numbers a lot of guys did so Megan from from your perspective like if if you're Nazem Kadri and you're facing free agency why would you stay in Colorado I think when you brought up Fiala a second ago it actually kind of was a light bulb moment because a lot of why people speculated Fiala had the season he did was Kaprizov and I don't think Kadri's year is an anomaly by any means I think it's very much because of a team that has faith in him, backs him completely, and getting to play alongside some top talents as well. Um, All of these things came together so perfectly that if he changes personnel and moves organizations and environments, he is not guaranteed to have some of the same tools around him as he did in Colorado. And some of that's even just the support that he had in Colorado. And so I think there's incentive to keep that chemistry that he built here with teammates because I think it elevated everyone around him and they also elevated him. Um, You know, a lot of that is his own skill, but I think that would be an incentive to stay here is to be able to continue playing with these same guys. So I want to ask you both a question here, kind of a two-part question. So, you know, we've heard a lot from the Avs over the last few years, excuse me, uh, about them trying to emulate Tampa Bay Lightning, right? That's That's the organization they're trying to model themselves after in terms of how they carry themselves, how they conduct their business. So let's take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? So three years in a row to the finals, uh, and they've kind of carved out this, you know, personality is not the right word I'm looking for, but everyone kind of knows they do what they can to make the money work, and then they deal with it when they have to. We just saw this play out this week for them. Um, They make the moves they feel they need to make, uh, they get some guys to maybe make take some team-friendly deals because they want to win. They understand the fit. And then when they need to shed the room, well, they get guys like Ryan McDonough and some information came out today that maybe that wasn't handled. I mean, it was all on the up and up technically on the, on the lightning side, but not great. We'll save that for a pot on another day. So, Megan, I'll start with you. One, if you're Nazem Kadri... Just how incentivized are you to stay somewhere where it is a good fit? Now that you've got your ring, you could go get some, go get some money. And then the second part of that question is, um, yeah, I was going to say I'm going to miss truly always, always on the super chats, $2 happy for cogs, hopeful for Naz. Love you all. And we love you. Miss truly every day coming through. Um, and then second, Megan, you know, AJ brought up the point. He's 31. You're getting into the back half of this. If you're the Avs, are you at that point where it's like, well, we'll sign it, and if we need to deal with the decline in the salary in four years, we'll deal with it then? It's tough to think about the personal component in all of this, that each of these guys has a family, and they're thinking of their future and their family, especially someone like Cagliano or Kadri, who are getting up there in age and nearing what could be some of the final years of their career. They want to maximize any money that they make for the purpose of their family, and that is something that is probably hard for me to fully give credit to. Um, But as far as like what that could mean down the line, I look at even Landeskog's contract and the risk they kind of took in giving him term the way that they did and how that immediately paid off in a Stanley cup. 
And I think this is a team that is now looking at a second Stanley Cup back to back. And so in a way, if it's a similar effect where giving Kadri term means a second Stanley Cup back to back, that pays for itself in another season, even if we have to deal with the decline down the line. And so I, I could see that still being worthwhile because it caters to both things. Now he's, you know, he's able to secure financial things for his family. And this is a team that's chasing a cup yet again. Yeah. And maybe that's possible with Kadri. So I, I, I agree with you. And, and we're going to get into a little bit more of that fit stuff when we get to Val Nachushkin. But AJ, second part of that question, if you're the Avs, are you kind of in that window where it's like, look, we'll, we'll dole out the money we need to dole out to give us our best chance to win next year. And if we got to deal with this in five years, we'll deal with it in five years. Uh, in some respects, yes. Um, because you're going to keep your, you're going to keep your top guys, you know, they're going to give McKinnon what they're going to give him and they're not going to worry about it. Right. They're going to sign that deal and they're just going to be like, ah, fucking Yahtzee. You know, they're going to give, they're going to give Bowen Byron, whatever they're going to give him, you know, this year, or next year, like they're going to, they're going to do what they're going to have to do to keep the core guys. Like the really, like the most <laughs> important cats here, uh, with Kadri, like, look, if I could guarantee or even with confidence, uh, say that that Nazem Kadri's career is going to age like Joe Pavelski's. Uh, I'm giving him whatever the hell he wants. Right. Have it. You want you want a six year deal at at seven and a half eight million dollars? Sweet. So do I. Let's yeah, do this. Know. But if he ages like the vast majority of players do in their 30s, where by the time they're 33, 34, 35, uh they really start to hit the wall and decline and fall off the map and stop being productive NHL players. Then you're talking about, you don't want to give that guy six years because within two, you're probably regretting it. Right. Um, so I, I just think it's tough. Uh, the, there's a reality here. What sucks is that, the players, the coaching staff, everybody has fully embraced him. Yeah. Loves this guy. And I think that's why it's so hard for him. And he loves it. But he also knows, like, this is the last, maybe the last contract of his NHL career. Uh, certainly the last, like, big, big chance he's getting. Sure. And I just don't think that the abs can play around, even honestly, even in $7 million, $8 million. <sighs> You just can't. I just don't think that they can do that. I truly, I don't think that they can do that. I, I would love to. I would love to be able to say, "Hey, look, if they gave him a five-year deal at like six and a half, right? That's he, where I'm at." He would. He would be. He would take the the term. He gets a nice raise, but he's gonna probably still be leaving millions and millions of dollars on the table, and it would be outrageously unfair for any of us to ask him of that. Oh yeah. That, that of him, that, that, that's not okay. You so know, he's trying to, he's trying to set his family up and when he could get potentially eight or $9 million per year for the same term elsewhere, this isn't, this is not a conversation of, Hey, he's gonna, he's gonna leave $3 million over the life of the contract on the table you're talking about potentially like a 15 16 million dollar difference yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're it's just too much it's, it's probably just too much money. So um, I want to get into the other side of it where I, I want to just take a brief look at maybe what some yeah. other teams are are going to be throwing his way and what might make it hard for him to stay here. Um we'll do that what we will do that uh after I remind you guys about our good friends over at Sexy Pizza. Well, with 13 years of the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. Hand-tossed pizza made from scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with their wide range of toppings or try one of their signature philanthropies, which is one of my favorite plays on words out there. A portion of every sale from these five specialty pies is donated uh, (laughs) to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. And if you're looking to have Sexy Pizza, uh, support your organization or event, go to www.sexy.pizza 
and check out their about page for the donations link to see how sexy pizza can support your cause order from any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, old South Pearl Jefferson park and park Hill. And now there's a new location in Trinidad that just opened. Go on over www.sexy.pizza. They were the official pizza of our, uh, Watch party, all playoffs. Everybody loves it. Megan's all about it. Uh, everyone. Everyone loves it. I always talk about it. They're one of my favorite places to go when I live downtown. Uh, go find your closest sexy pizza. I'm going to now cough and take a drink of water and then talk to you guys about DraftKings. I tell you, I've been going through sexy pizza withdrawals, but I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how Megan is surviving. <laughs> I missed I missed out on all the sexy pizza. I was bummed. It was so good. Dude. The best part of it, the best part of it was watching Megan trying to like very quietly because she does everything quietly like a ninja. <laughs> like try and like super like, oh, I'm just gonna slide off over here when nobody's looking and just grab this box of pizza. Bro, everybody loves pizza. Like they like pizza is like the universal language we watched mean girls yesterday and she was like oh i like math it's the same in every country like pizza is the great uniter it's the math of food i follow i follow account uh an account on twitter that's like it's like bad pizza no. and i tell you there are some monsters in the world that are putting some things in their bodies that are unfathomable to me <laughs> Well, this is the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you guys by DraftKings Sportsbook. And over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the action never ends, especially this summer. <clears throat> Tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now on DraftKings, uh, it's they're, they're giving new customers a risk-free bet, uh, risk bet up to $1,000. That's right. You can make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, You'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Uh, plus, some of our favorites here at DNVR. Same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Uh, your betting options, they seriously do. They, they're, they're endless. They're endless in the DraftKings app. Um, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw. What is AJ laughing at? My ex-boyfriend wasn't big on pizza. Boy, oh. bye. <laughs> yeah, that's why. X. He's X. a Ted, but he doesn't like pizza. <laughs> He's got to go. Zero. You can deposit <laughs> withdraw your money in DraftKings whenever you want. That's my favorite part. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. As always. Oof. Ooh, I was waiting for y'all here to throw up the number. There it is. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. They took the number off our read. I was like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not Rudo. I'm not, I don't have the photographic memory to have all that memorized. He's just, uh, he's just read it so many times. He's got oh. it. Uh, DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you uh, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Jesse Montano joined Megan Angley and AJ Hayfley. So we just talked about Nazem Kadri, maybe why he would want to say what the abs would maybe have to do. Megan, we saw out there, we thought term was the key, right? Ooh, well, maybe the abs can get him on term. We saw a report that the Rangers, this is an unconfirmed report, potentially interested in offering him $8 million a year over seven years. Look, you're Nazem Kadri. If you got your ring, how hard is it to walk away from money like that? Oh yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't expect him to do that. And I I'm seeing that too. Like that's linked to Rangers, but I'm seeing eight to 10 AAV with term for a couple teams. It's what's being speculated. So it's not looking good. It's looking a little grim as far as it being feasible for the Avs, even if they could offer that kind of money. I just, they couldn't. They can't come close to that. Seattle's my team to watch to do something dumb. Yeah. I mean, and, like, dumb money-wise, not like dumb yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, here's what's hard. Nazem Kadri had an unbelievable season. Um, 
for, for the abs, but you do have to wonder how much of that was fit where he fell in the lineup, just the way everything kind of came together perfectly. Seattle, if in New York is saying, Hey, come here and be the number one center. Do you see this being as repeatable? And I hate to do this, but I need to go fill up my water. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to get through this show. No, no. So honestly, I'm going to you guys up and you guys go on that for 30 seconds. It's it, I don't I don't think it's repeatable at all. Like uh, part of part of what made Kadri as successful as he was in Colorado was just the infrastructure, the way that they play, uh, a coaching staff that utilized him in a way that that maxed him out, but also put talent around him. And he plays he he played next to a couple of guys who also had career years in Nachushkin and Burakovsky. And then when McKinnon was out, he was the guy that jumps in between Landis Gog and Rantanen. And, you know, like he, <clears throat> he, he plays uh, in, in all those top situations with top players and he'll play in the same situations in Seattle, but he won't play with the same caliber of talent. Uh, if he goes to a place like the Rangers, that's a little bit different. But um, you know, because with with Lafreniere, uh, with Kreider, with uh, Panarin, there are some wings there, so <clears throat> that that can help him out. So he's going to continue to play in all these situations that he played in in Colorado. It's just that the the infrastructure of talent won't be as high. You know, he's not he's going to go play with like Jaden Schwartz. In, in in Seattle, like it's just can you know Jaden Schwartz, good player, but it's not the same as playing next to a, a Landeskog or a Rantanen. And to be honest with you, some of the some of the focus is not on Kadri in Colorado, and wherever he goes, if he assumes the one C job, uh, then he becomes the focal point of game plans. And how does he handle that? Yeah. It was, it was, he was just, he was slotted perfectly into this lineup. And again, that's not taking anything away from him. Uh, but I think he would also tell you this just, you know, everything just kind of fit together really, really well for him. Um, I did, I, you know, cause I, that was one of the things that I was hearing was, Hey, if they can get him some term, maybe he's interested in staying. If other teams are willing to go there on term. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Um, especially, you know, places like New York, Seattle, good cities. Um, you know, it's not like you're. What are bad cities, Jesse? Yeah, I was gonna what say, are the yeah, bad I'm, ones? I'm going to stop right there. Um, but it's so, yeah, you, you know, Kadri, Kadri is the one to keep an eye on for sure. Um, I, I definitely say it's less than 50%. Uh, that he stays, but I don't. I don't think it's zero. I think there's a chance that, that he returns to the Avs, um, but not uh, not great. Let's move on. Let's get to some of these other guys. Um, Elliot Friedman reported today uh, that it sounds like right now the Avs camp uh, is working closely with Darcy Kemper and Val Nachushkin on getting a deal done. Let's start with Darcy Kemper so we can get the goalie talk out of the way. AJ, let's start with you. Mark Andre Flirt. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Darcy Kemper, look, I uh, I said it last week on the show. I don't think that playoff run could have gone better for the Avs in, in respect to Darcy Kemper. You win the Stanley Cup with him in net, yet he's not lights out, so it's not like he's going to demand this huge raise. Everyone kind of understands where it fell. Uh, AJ, start with you. I think we're all I think we're all pretty much on the same page. Good with running it back with Darcy. Uh, I think that that is a, uh, I would say logically, absolutely, like absolutely. When you get into the economics of it though, what is he really asking for? Because if, if somebody is going to be out there, uh, if somebody's going to be out there trying to offer him like a six by six or something, no. So I'm going to pause you right there on no, because I just want to address this because we're probably going to have to talk about this guy. If there's one blemish on Marc-Andre Fleury's career, it's his postseason. He's not good in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I don't get why he has that. Again, again, 
he was stapled to the bench this year when his team got eliminated. I just yeah, don't, I don't get where that comes from. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's always been an interesting reputation, especially when <clears throat> he was not significantly better than Darcy Kemper was this year when he backstopped the Pens to their first cup. And then obviously the Matt Murray thing happened. Right. Great run with his in his first year in Vegas, but I, uh, I, I just I don't understand. That's what everyone was saying this year. Oh, you got to get him for the playoffs. Why? So he can back up. Yeah, his last his last four years, by the way, nine oh nine, nine ten. He had the nine eighteen, and then a nine oh six. He's a nine twelve. He's a nine twelve goaltender in his career. Uh, and in Vegas, it was a 920. But in Minnesota, 906. And then in Pittsburgh, it was a 908. So he just has not been... He's very average in the playoffs. Very average. Yeah, he has not been... He's not been special. And look, in the regular season, he there was a huge decline. He got out of... Uh, he got out of uh, Vegas's uh, defensive structure... And, like, Chicago is a tough place to be, obviously. But he puts up a 908 in Chicago. He goes to Minnesota and puts up a 910. It's a pretty good defensive team in Minnesota. Yeah. So, I, I just don't... Um, the whole flurry thing, man, it's just... He's a perfectly fine backup option. If Darcy Kemper is going to get offered a jajillion dollars in free agency... Uh, and Jack Campbell's not doesn't sound like he's part of this this conversation either. Um, then you're down to like Mark Andre Fleury, Ville Husso, or trade for somebody. Like that's that's really where you are. Like that's where this market is right now. Right. You know, uh, me, I would probably try and trade for Anti Ranta out of Carolina before I did something else uh, irresponsible money wise. But but let's get back to Kemper. Yeah. So so yeah. we can Kemper I, Kemper is the ideal guy. He worked for you. He was he was really he was really really good um, in the regular season. He stayed healthy for you. He got better and better and better and better as the year wore on. Uh, we don't really understand. It's really hard to put his postseason into a full context here. Uh, I sure wish that I had the article that I had written that I could point to because I talked about it. I said it's sure is it's it's about as complicated as it gets. You can't argue that he was good because the numbers and we all watched it play out. Talking about the postseason? Yeah. We watched Darcy Kemper's postseason just not be very good. But there's also – he battled an eye injury. He's literally going to an optometrist multiple times a day to retrain his eye so that he can actually see. He pulls himself from a game because he can't see the puck. Like – there's context here where you say, okay, how is it that he was so much worse than the regular season? Well, he's battling an eye injury where he can't see things. If there's any one position where you need to, more than your full field of view, it's goaltender. Yeah, I mean, look at the difference in injury, the, the injury of, of, of struggling to see things between Carl Soderberg and Darcy Kemper. Yeah, seriously. Like, like legally blind in one eye. We've had, there have been guys who have played in the NHL legally blind with one eye. None of them are goalies for a reason. Right. So it it just, it was such a, it was just such a complicated conversation. All that, all that thrown into there together. I think, I think it's easy just to say, um, look, you give him, you give him a, I think, I think a three-year deal is perfect. He's 32 years old. You give him a three-year deal. You give him Five and a half million dollars. It's a raise from where he was. It puts him in the upper echelon of goaltending money, but it's it's responsible for both parties. And he gets he gets to be on a cup contender, and he gets to make he gets to make you know what seventeen million bucks. Yeah, sixteen and a half. Great at math. Live on air. Here we go. Wait, sixteen um, and a half. <laughs> yeah, he gets a sixteen and a half million dollar deal over the next couple of years. And look, if he's any good in that time. 35 years old is not a death sentence for a goalie. Right. If you have Especially to go, the way he plays. If you have to go four years to keep him, I would do it. 
I'm with you. Personally, I would give him the fourth year to keep him. If you start talking about five or six, I'm going to say no. I'm with you. Megan, uh, they've got Pablo Francois for two more years. Does this kind of make sense as, hey, you run it back with Darcy next year as your starter, knowing that if things go wrong, you've got a guy that you're comfortable with? I'm with AJ. I like a three-year deal. Are you team keep Darcy? Would you like to see what else is out there? And if, if you are keep Darcy, what do you kind of think in term, money, all that stuff? I'm definitely pushing for them to keep Darcy. Obviously not at any or all costs. It has to be within reason, but I don't like the alternatives that are out there um, because there are other teams vying for a starter. I think that it would be unwise to just let Darcy go for completely nothing. You just don't want to overpay him either. And I think you've touched on everything that I feel about Darcy Kemper. He had a really disrupted playoff run that is a hard body of work to really evaluate him on. We saw shades of excellence in the regular season. It could be a really nice redemption arc for him to demonstrate what he's actually capable of in another season with a fresh start that isn't hindered by any sort of injury. And um, there was one other thing I was thinking of with Darcy. But those were the basics of it, because I I really don't like the other options that are out there. Um, I think that he makes the most sense. And I think Frankie... um, as a backup, also demonstrated that he can win some games if if some things go south sideways. Yeah. He can step in if you need. And obviously, you know, Kemper had the freak injury in the playoffs, but, you know, that was the one thing that a lot of people were worried about with him coming in was the injuries. Really? He made it through the season. He had the bout with concussion symptoms once. Right. But other than that, not really a ton of problems. Is that what you were going to touch on? Kind of, because that is part, I'm sure that was a an existing issue. You know, you're more susceptible to concussion symptoms, and he did struggle with that earlier in the season. I'm sure that aggravated what he was dealing with in the playoffs. Um, and people talk about how it, you know, is this a magic trick that the Avs could pull off once again if Darcy Kemper didn't play to expectation? Um, can the Avs win with just moderately good goaltending? And I think it's a fair question, but I just don't know that we have a real answer to it because we didn't see Darcy Kemper in full form. Yeah. That that said, outduels Andre Vasilevsky in the last three games of the Stanley Cup final. Yep. When Vasi yep. turned his game up, they traded blowouts and they were essentially dead even. Um, Kemp's, was, Kemp's was just the one goal better. In every the end in- there. Almost every game, yeah. Um, and, and and that game six to me, that game six was a Darcy Kemper game. He gave up the one early. You didn't love it. But then he came back, and you could just see it in his movements, in his rebound control, uh, you know, in his angles. That is what you're looking for to Darcy Kemper, and that's part of the reason why I think he thrived behind this defensive structure in the regular season um, is – you just have to be in the right spot, and that's what he—that's where he really excels. Yeah. Uh, AJ, you're shaking your head. Yeah, I just Vasi didn't get exposed for shit. He's the best goaltender on the planet. He's we so good. Vasi. Yeah, I, I, he's just even like where we we were like watching him in the final, and we're like, oh, he's giving up a lot of rebounds. He doesn't look comfortable back there, and then he has a friggin'. 39 save night and you're just like okay go watch that game six when darcy's on he's sharp he swallows pucks up all yeah, playoffs when, it was an issue yeah like when he's when he's playing well and his puck tracking is good um it's a lot better when, we got really accustomed to watching every shot hit darcy kemper and go a direction though <laughs> because during the postseason that's that's what it was like it was it was crazy the the save on the Kucherov one timer in, in Game Six. Yes. Um, that to me is like that is a Darcy Kemper save. We're like, that's a great shot. He hammers it, and he just he's there. He swallows it up. If you go back and watch his regular season, and and again, I even think back to the uh, his time in Arizona. When you watch him, that's when he's at his best. And I thought he eventually got there after riding the struggle bus a bit there for. For a few rounds, um, 
Yeah. Well, and even in even in those games where he played well, like he's given up that backhander to Victor Hedman, and you're like, oh. uh, 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 he needed his team to bail him out a couple times for sure. But I mean, like, hey, he gives up two goals, right? Like, right. he well, and that's that's what we've talked a lot of six goals in the last three games of the Stanley Cup final. Like, the guys, the guy is worth bringing back here. Let's be real here. He's worth bringing back. Yeah, 100%. You just have to be responsible with it. You can't be like, sure, six by six or whatever, because then you're like, oh, okay, great. Well, it's the same thing with Grubauer, right? Like, they liked Grubauer, but they, you know, Joe Sackick had a pretty clear line where he's like, yeah, I'm not going past that. And they stuck to their guns and worked out. Got at least one more guy that we want to get to. Uh, maybe touch on a couple others, kind of rapid-fire style. Uh, but this is the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Also brought to you guys by our new friends over at FOCO. They are, uh, I, I guess, uh, bobbleheads, uh, collectibles, all kinds of great stuff celebrating uh, the Avs Stanley Cup win. The clock is at zeros, and the Stanley Cup final has come to an end with your Colorado Avalanche defeating the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, four games to two. It has been an incredible season from start to finish. The Avs have brought the Stanley Cup to Colorado for the first time since 2001. Keep the celebration going with officially licensed 2022 Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup uh, champion merchandise from FOCO. This collection features everything from apparel, uh, like shirts, hats, and accessories to collectibles, like uh, player bobbleheads and plush toys. FOCO, that's F-O-C-O, has got you covered with the best Colorado Avalanche merchandise. Head on over to FOCO.com uh, or click the link in the YouTube description. Uh, for not for all non-presale items, use the code DNVR for 10% off. Uh, I got a bobblehead or two uh, pre-ordered that'll be on the way here in a couple months. Very much looking forward to them. They will go right next to my 2001 Stanley Cup bobbleheads. Uh, so make sure you head on over. <coughs> I fought it. I fought it that whole read. I was just trying to get through to the end to get a sip of water. Uh, head on over to FOCO uh, and check all of that out today. Absolutely awesome. Uh, I actually got an ad for it on my Twitter before I even knew that we had partnered with them. So I had clicked on I was like, oh, wow, nice. You know, that's pretty cool. And then I found out they were a new partner of ours. Had to go right back. Uh, get a couple things ordered. Uh, the bobbleheads all look pretty good. I like the like bobbleheads. They, they look pretty. They've even got uh, Darcy's pads, like the same design and all that stuff. Um, That's awesome. It's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Um, also brought to you guys by our great friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Um, I'm not going to put too much out there, but we are looking uh, to do some events with our friends over at Breckenridge uh, Brewery this summer. Uh, so keep an eye out, keep an ear out, keep your turn on Twitter notifications, whatever it is you have to do. We got some cool stuff, hopefully in the pipeline uh, with Breckenridge Brewery, just ironing all of that out. They are the official beer of DNVR. And once the beer, the bar reopens, we have their beers on tap. We have seltzers, all that good stuff right there at the bar. Uh, you know, they're good company, hard seltzers and their lemonade seltzers, which I really like. Um, Avalanche Amber Ale, which I said it the other day, I think Rudo's blood is like 40% Avalanche Amber Ale at this point. Uh, Juice Drop IPA, uh, the Summer Pill Shandy, Strawberry Sky, which is one of my favorites, <coughs> and the Vanilla Porter Jr. Uh, make sure you guys are using that Breck Beer locator to find them at the closest liquor store to you. Breckenridge Brewery has been doing it for over 30 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. So make sure you are checking them out and grab a beer. The next time you are down at the bar, once it reopens in August, I think that's the hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think August. August. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> the Amber avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook, Jesse with Megan and AJ. All right, let's get into the big guy. Train himself, Val Nachushkin. Um, Megan, I'll start with you here. This is one player that we've heard. You know, you hear a lot about like, oh, well, maybe they'll be willing to take a discount because the fit's so nice. And it almost never happens. From what we've heard uh, between the three of us 
in addition to some of the uh, reports from maybe some of the bigger national guys out there, this does feel like the first legitimate candidate uh, in in a long time that would want to stay because the fit is so well. I was told, look, this is a guy that understands what it's like to be on a team, to be in an organization where the fit doesn't work. Megan, is this too, is this just too perfect of a fit? When you guys ran your Bednar piece and the bloom where you planted became kind of a, a theme for this season, that is what I think of when it comes to a few players, but especially Nachushkin, bloom where you're planted. And I think that he more than anyone understands the value in finding a team where you fit because it just capitalized on so many skills that he hadn't unlocked on another team yet before and he was able to hear. And we didn't say it on the show because we were saving it. It's kind of an understood that we're expecting our three Lackanen to be a part of the future as well. And I think that that plays into Nachushkin's future as well, that this is just whether or not they even play together specifically. Um, there's just a lot happening in the top six that worked so well for him that he could get a pay grade and go to another team and not necessarily have those tools alongside him. AJ, you mentioned some potential red flags for this guy. If you are another team, I guess my question to you is, do you see the same amount of red flags if the abs were to keep him? Uh, yeah. Like, look, you got to... Red flags are areas of concern, okay? It's not, they're not, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, although apparently in Megan's case, not liking pizza is just a no-go. So Bye. now y'all know, suckers. Um I I do think that like you look at you look at Val Nachushkin's career, okay, and you say Okay, he just scored more goals in the last uh, this last season than he had in the last two years combined in Colorado, where he had been a revelation. His first two years as an Av, here we were like, "Oh my God, this reclamation prog- project, right? Like, oh, this is so, this is this has gone so well, and oh right. wow, right? Like, he was a really good depth guy, and then all of a sudden he was a really good top six guy." And then he goes he goes into the postseason and he scores 15 points in 20 games. Like all of a sudden the guy is, oh, now I'm a borderline top line guy. <laughs> and so I just uh, you do have to worry about look, and and the reality here is highest shooting percentage he's ever had in his career by quite a bit. Not like uh, you know, at 13%, it's it's not like when a guy has like a 22% year and you're like, that's not happening <laughs> again. You know, like a 13%. Hey, he could probably do that again. But even if it's 11%, if he's still in the top six and he's still getting the same kind of shot generation, fine. You'll like, you you you'll live with that. You're you'll take 22 goals instead of 25. That's fine. Right. But you need to get that. He's if he's going to sign a five or six year deal and he's going to get five or six million dollars, there's no longer, hey, if this guy gives us 30 points, we can still live with that. We're still happy with it. That becomes a major disappointment. That becomes a major drag on your cap if he takes any kind of the that that step back. So you're not you're you just have to be careful there because all the guys who did have point per game seasons and all that stuff like he wasn't one of them you know like he he if he is benefiting like so many others from the extreme offensive environment that that was this last NHL season and everything goes back to normal and he immediately goes back to being like his first year in Colorado, I think it was 27 points, and then it was 21 points. If he goes back into that range and you commit big money over big term uh, to him, you have a really big problem on your hands. And if you if he continues being who he is, and this is just who he is for the next few years, he's going to be a 50-ish point guy for you that gives you 25 and 25 kind of in that range you know, with some variance on either side, depending on percentages and such, uh, then you're, you're absolutely thrilled because 
you're talking about rewarding a guy for production. You'll be, they would have loved to have brought him back no matter what because of his fit, his size, his speed, uh, the way his defensive acumen, the way the four checks. Yeah, like the way he plays the game, but it's points pay, like production pays. So <clears throat> when when you give that guy over the, that big contract like that, he has to become that guy then every year. It's no longer like, hey, him on a two-year, two two-and-a-half-million-dollar deal or whatever, like him having a 50-point season, thrilled. But now if you're giving him five, five-and-a-half million dollars, he's got to give you 50 points. He just has to be that guy. He has to be the guy that we saw this year. That that just has to be who he is. So, uh, like that, it, it has to be. He can do all the other things. You have the the rest of his game is not a red flag. It's yeah. very repeatable. It's gotten better. He's driving play at a higher rate than he ever has. His defensive excellence. The guy, the the weirdest thing happened. Okay, he went from a third line job where he was defensively elite, like he was chewing up third and fourth liners every year not giving up anything defensively jumps into the jumps into the top six and continues to be defensively elite, but his play driving skyrockets. And that's not something that you really ever see in the NHL. Normally the harder assignments that you get, you know, like if your production goes down, your, There are negative effects on your game because the best players in the world are the best players in the world. Nachushkin jumps into Colorado's top six and his play driving goes through the roof. His defense remains elite. All of his process, not a single bit of that is, not a single bit of that is a red flag. It is purely about, your only concern is, can this production stick around? Because, look, all the all the people in the chat who are talking about oh well, this is he's about so much more than points. Are you comfortable giving Eric Johnson six million dollars next year? Is he worth six million dollars? Because I don't think there's any single person out here that's going to say yes, because he's not a six million dollar player anymore. And part of that is because the offense isn't there anymore. You have to be more than a one way player in the NHL when you get when you get that kind of big money you have to do it so uh for for Nachushkin I'm a believer that that he's going to continue uh to be who he is going to be he looked he he looks like he and Nathan McKinnon were born to play together yeah his his forechecking his uh his, his hockey IQ his ability to find space Nate's ability to to just be Nate they work wonderfully together and with Landeskog and Nachushkin locked up long term I mean it, Landeskog uh, uh, Rantanen Nachushkin and Arturi Lekkinen dude they're your four they're your four top six wings for the next five years you're good you just don't ask the question again your only question then becomes Nazem Kadri your second line center what do you do there but they like I can believe all I want in Nachushkin, but they have to hedge their bet there. And what I think makes you believe is, is the work ethic above all else. I mean, that dude just outworks everybody on the ice. Jared Bednar talks about it. He's the last one in the gym. Uh, you know, he's the first one there in the morning. And that's where you think. Last you know, one to stay. When you say last one in the gym, it makes it sound like he's the last guy to get there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Last one out. Last one out of the gym. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's last one to the gym. No, he's the last one out after the games and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and Jerry Bennar talked about it so much this year with his players. Put the work before the skill, and, and, and you'll put yourself in a position for the skill to shine through. And, and I thought Val Nachushkin did that. Um, maybe better than anyone. Uh, either of you guys have anything else on, on Val Nichushkin? I think we're all in agreement. I'm going to ask you guys anything else before we get into numbers and term you'd be comfortable with? One thing, and yeah. it's about Colorado's motives to keep Val Nichushkin here, yeah. is because 
this is a product created in the ballerina laboratory and I don't see them wanting to <laughs> send that off to a competitor uh, because they've invested in a lot of his development and growth and it actually worked for him that I also don't see them letting him walk for nothing because of the investment they've put in him as a player. He's gotten better every year that he's been here, right? And there's no reason to believe that he can't continue that climb. I love the way you put that. This, uh... <laughs> um, this comment about uh, new lifting, new lifting <laughs> weights after a game. He does that for every game. Yeah, literally yeah, every yeah. game. He every game. Like gets big done. Weight. He he gets done. He he goes rolling out into the hallway and he just starts lifting huge weights and you're just like. <laughs> Okay, yeah, right. you, you do you, Nuke. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Megan, term if 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 you got to write up the deal, term AAV. I don't think I'm a good person to start with this question because <laughs> I am new to the world of contracts. Okay, um, this is a side of hockey that I'm not as well versed in. Okay, I would probably give him all the money in the world if Perfect. you leave it up to me. Megan's taking us right up to the cap ceiling with Nuke. Eight years, max it out. AJ, what do you got? Um, If I absolutely had to, I'd give him six by six, but I think I would really much prefer like a five by five and a half. Five, five and a half is my number, and for me, it's whatever term you want to get us to five and a half. Yeah, if it takes a seven-year deal, I'd be cool with that too. Right, because I mean, and, and I, I should have had this pulled up. What, Nuke is 27? You know, seven years takes him to 34, and you're fine after that. Yep. Um, we'll have other shows this week, uh, next week, all leading up to free agency. We're going to talk about the abs, UFAs, RFAs, all that good stuff. Any final thoughts from either of you guys for today? <laughs> I mean, I could probably talk about free agency all day, dude. Uh, I mean, this is just... It's a it's going to be such a transformative summer for Colorado and or or not you know they find a way to keep a lot of these guys. Um, we've talked about free agents and we didn't even talk about the defense like Josh Manson, just right. like and Andre Burakovsky. Like these guys just sort of got left out here. Um, for me, Berkey sixty one points. He's just a luxury. I just mentioned Lekkinen and Nichushkin and Ranton and Landeskog is your your top six. Um, Look, having 920 goal scores is a fun thing for Blues fans to talk about, but it didn't do shit for him in the postseason. <laughs> um, you have to allocate some of these resources to your defense at some point. Um, so I, I, I think that paying for Berkey would just be a luxury unless Nichushkin, a guy like Nichushkin leaves, then you have to, you really have to keep, uh, you can't, you can't let all of them leave. You can't, you can't let all of Nichushkin, Burakovsky, and Kadri walk out the door. You just can't, you can't let that happen. So you just mentioned Berkey. We did miss a super chat earlier, so I definitely do apologize. Uh, $5 from Brad Klotz. Kadri is expendable as game four of the Western Conference Finals and game one through three of the Stanley Cup Final have proven. He's going to ask for too much. He's gone. I don't know if I see Kadri as quite as expendable, but this is actually a conversation I had with someone about Andre Burakovsky last week. Um, look, I think we just saw... In that, in that cup final, luxury is a great word for Andre Burakovsky. AJ, I think I agree with you. It would have been great for him to be there, but you never really felt like they missed him. Um, so, unfortunately, I like Berkey a lot. I, yeah. I don't really see a fit for him here. My official prediction on that is Edmonton. I think Edmonton's going to give him some silly money to go play next to McDavid. Erie Otters, top line. I guess I hadn't really thought about where Berkey might go because I guess I'm like, well, it's not Colorado, so I don't care. I don't care. Um, Megan, final thoughts? Jeez. There's, there's just going to be a fun week. There's a lot to come. <laughs> so you will be seeing a lot of the three of us this week uh, and next as Rudo's uh, trying to heal up as much as he can before heading to uh, Phoenix for our big kind of crossover event uh, for the draft. We won't be doing a live draft day show, um, but they will be. They will be. Rudo will be on that one. Look, the abs aren't picking till the fourth round. Uh, I think it's what, round four, six, and seven. It's 
three, five, six, and seven. They lost the third rounder because they won the cup. That's next year's or next it's, year's. It's next year's or it's 2024's. It's 2024's. 24. Okay. All right. Then I apologize. Their, their first pick is like 96. So yeah. halfway uh, through the second day. Right. Yeah. So we won't be, uh, there will not be like a live show. Uh, Rudo and I will do a, a post draft wrap up, uh, assuming that he's still alive and has a voice and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, really, this week we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about um, free agency. A lot of this. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be talking about we're you know we're gonna get into Josh Manson. We're gonna talk about Terry Lekkinen. Um, we'll talk more about the center market um, if Kadri leaves. Why the Avs are going to sign Andrew Cop, and uh, you know, like that's that you know, uh, that's that's really kind of where our focus will be for the rest of this week. Well, and that's um, why we didn't necessarily get into all of those guys today. We want to make sure we give time. Yeah. Look, these were all big pieces of the Avs. To AJ's point, there, there there could be a lot of turnover this summer, so we want to make sure uh, we're, we're given you know proper time to all these guys. We want to talk about why they would be good to bring back, why some of these guys were going to see him going. Um, so we will be getting into all of that this week and next uh, as we lit up to the trade deadline, I believe next Wednesday. Trade uh, deadline? Free sorry. agency day? Yeah. Oh, maybe I do need more. I, I, I thought this weekend, I was like, cool, I'm fully reset. Brain's back working. Guess not. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, guys. Uh Always love chatting with the two of you guys. Looking forward to doing a ton more of it this week. Thank you guys all so much for listening and um, dealing with our uh, sick coughing, blowing our nose, all that good stuff. Uh, We'll be back at it tomorrow for you for Megan and AJ and Yah here uh, behind the proverbial glass. uh, Run the board for us. Make sure you guys can see us, hear us. Always does a great job, so shout out to him. I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys all so much for listening. This is the DNBR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.